We're going to continue in a series that we've been looking about, at, about being in the... God is a potter, a master potter, and being shaped. I was saying um, a few weeks ago, I don't want to be shaped by circumstance, but I want to be shaped by God. Um, circumstance in our lives can shape us. It can make us... Um, we can either be bitter or better, I've heard somebody say. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to be shaped, shaped by God. And... Um, In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, the prophet Isaiah says this about God, something we've been looking at, and uh, he says, You, O Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are the work of your hand. You, O Lord, are our Father, we are the clay, you are the potter, and we are the work of your hand. And uh, this is what we're looking at, and just over the holiday period... Just for the few weeks, I really felt, you know, impacted in my own heart uh, just to take up this theme. And uh, next week, Mike Swinburne is going to be sharing about being molded by God. Uh, This morning, I want to speak about staying on the potter's wheel. So we're on a bit of a journey, and uh, we're taking this theme um, over a number of weeks. And uh, I, I, I take this theme because I really felt strategically with the holiday season upon us, we'll be going away and taking time off to take time out, to get refreshed. Uh, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. But I, I really feel uh, just to, to reflect on the awesome nature of God as a, a great God and what he can do in your life and my life. And so... Um, you know, go online on our, our church website, Oasis Christian Center, and if you haven't listened, haven't listened to this theme, being shaped by the potter's hand. And not because I think it's a great, it's anything great, but there's something in the message that I just feel God wants to maybe say to you and I. He's definitely speaking into my life about not letting circumstance shape me, but being shaped by God's hand. And let me tell you, I've been in a lot of places um, where I could be shaped and become really quite bitter about a lot of things in my life. Um, But I'm not. By the grace of God, I'm not. Uh, It's not because I've had a great life and life's been easy, um, but I want to be shaped by God, the master potter. So um, have a look, have a listen. And and so this is where we're going to go this morning for the next few moments. Um, It's important uh, to stay on the potter's wheel. Um, if you go and have a look at clips on YouTube and see people making pots, I was watching this one guy, uh, and he was going to go and make this vase, and he said, "How easy is that? You know, how can?" And he made a complete mess of it, as it, this piece of clay was on this, and it was going all over the place, and it was getting all mushed up in his hand, and he ended up at this scene, did it again and again, and it was just a, a total mess, and he tried to shape this thing. It's amazing skill. And God is a potter. He's almighty God is a master. We are crafted by a creator. You know, we are the creation. Uh, he is the creator. And he does things really well. And if you want a great marriage, a great home, a great life, we want to be in a great church, then we've got to give ourselves into God's hands. He's the creator. We are the, his craftsmanship. And this is what Isaiah uh, understood, the prophet Isaiah. You're our father, we're the clay, you're the potter, and you make something amazing when I'm in your hands. So it's incredibly important to um, be hearing the theme about trusting God this morning. Pastor Andrew's sharing about, you know, really trusting it's his battle, 
Not your battle, his battle. Well, the same theme this morning is going to come again about trusting and giving our lives into his hands. So um, it's important to stay on the wheel. Now, I don't do pottery, but in what I've researched and looked at, the clay needs to stay on the wheel as the wheel turns. Not only does it need to stay on the wheel, it needs to be at the center of the wheel. The clay is at the edge. It goes all over the place. In the wrong hands, it still goes all over the place, but it's got to be at the center. So the clay needs to be at the very center of the wheel. And um, I would say that the wheel represents the work of God in our lives. Um, It's a bit like this. If you stay on the wheel, you stay in his will. We as people, as creation, if you can stay on the wheel, liken it like this, it's staying in the will of God. God is the master potter, we are the clay, he is the creator, we are the the creation, he's the great craftsman, and uh, the key is staying at the center of the wheel. You watch any potter, when they make the jar, the vase, it's in the middle, the very center. If it's a few degrees out offline, it, it goes all over the place. And it's a bit like that in life. If the wheel is the will of God. And if I'm my life, if, if I'm not building my life at the center of the creation's, the creator's will, then it gets off. It, it, we could go off tangent. Um, we go all wobbly. Just have a look. Go on. I, I, it's, been a, it's been a revelation to me to look on YouTube at people making clay jars. It's incredible. Um, And uh, there's something about the desire, the need to be at the center of the wheel. But staying on the wheel is we stay in the will. And uh, I just want us to speak about that for a few moments this morning. Because it's so important to stay at the center of the will of God. I'm going to speak about that. You know, God's will. um, If I could say a few things about the will of God... Uh, this is why it's so important to, to read the Bible. It's so important to read the Old and New Testament. It's so important to, de- to, to, not, you know, uh, to not just delve, but to read. Uh, when it comes to the will of God, let me just, just say something. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, about the will of God. How about this? Listen to this. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, "For This is what um, God is speaking into the heart of Jeremiah and the Israelite people in the Old Testament. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord to Jeremiah and the people. Listen to this. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. How about that? Plans to give you hope and a future. How about that for the will of God for your life and my life? What, what's true then is just as true now. How about this? At work. Family, your future, our destiny, your purpose, the reason for existence. Listen to this about being in the will of God. This is God's will for people. This is the creator and you and I the creation. I know the plans I have for you. You, What says the Lord for you, says the Lord? What's there can still be now. Plans, listen to this, plans to prosper you and not harm you. How about that? Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. God's will for you and I is good. You know, Christianity is not to be endured. It's not that if, it, you know, if it's hard, it's got to be great. Uh, you know, if, if, if it's made me cry, it's got to do it. It's done me. No pain, no gain. I know there's a bit of truth in that when you're working weights or whatever it is. No pain, no gain. And there's a degree of truth in no pain, no gain. But, you know, with God, his will is good. 
I, I just want to just, it's not just pie in the sky. This isn't just a good idea. It, test it for yourself. Go away and read it for yourself and let the Holy Spirit convince you. It's not just a, a bit of hype. This is true hope. I don't know about you, but in my life, I don't want hype. There's so much hype in the world in which we live. I want true hope, a real sense of destiny, purpose, and meaning for my life. And you know where you'll find it? You'll find it in the will of the creator, because I am a creation, and you and I are the creation. It's amazing. It's absolutely, and his will is. I'm taking a bit of time for this, because we need to stay in his will. We need to be at the center of his will. But to know this, that the will of God is good for you and I. Might not always be what we want. We're going to look at that in a minute. And it can get that we're in a bit of a spin. When you're on the wheel, you can get in a spin. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But listen to this. Let it yourself soak in this. My plans are to prosper you and not harm you. God's a good God. He didn't look to harm us. I don't know about you, but that's what I believe. And this is what he says. Plans to give you hope. And a future. I don't know where you are with your hope right now, your desire, what you've been told by a doctor, what's going on in your life. But there's hope and future when we trust the creator, when I put my life in his hands. If I put myself at the center of his will, I need to stay on the wheel. We don't come off the wagon. It's not about getting coming off the wagon. It's about staying on the wheel. That's what it's all about for our lives, you know. In the book of Hebrews, that's the Old Testament. Look at this. I make a point about the will of God. I'm making a point because it's so important, the will of God. Coming to the New Testament now, just one, um, this isn't a definitive list, but just two. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 to 21. Read it for yourself. This is what it says. Now, says the writer in Hebrews, may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Now listen to this. To equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. What? God wants to equip you and I with everything, not just a few things, everything Good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom glory forever and ever. You know, God's will is truly wonderful. He wants to equip you for everything good so that we can live for his will. How about that? It's a challenge, but he will even equip you. He will strengthen you. All we've got to do is ask. And you heard Sophie say, I just cried out, help It's as simple as that. And sometimes it takes a bumpy ride or a bumpy road or a pit that we fall in to shout out, help! And when we ask, God will answer. You don't, you know, he will answer. His will is wonderful. Okay, so making a bit of a point then, a couple of minutes, but let me just um, share three things about the wheel. Number one. You and I need to stay at the center of the wheel because the wheel is the will. It's important to stay at the center. It's important to find my life at the center of the will of God. If we go off on a tangent, when the potter goes to make the pot, it just all wobbles off. You have a look. It wobbles like this and it will go off the edge and it falls off the edge. Talk about coming off the wagon. You come off the edge. If you come out of the will of God... 
The creator knows what makes you and I tick. He, 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 he designed us. He knows what's right for us. He knows what works best for us. Bearing in mind his will is the one that we should prosper, one that should go well for us. It's not one that's to harm us. Isn't that amazing? So his will is positive. It's good. It's creative. It's for our best. And he knows what's best fit for you and me. He doesn't treat us all the same. He knows you by name. He numbers the hairs on your head. He knows your very heartbeat. We're all designed with a diff- our fingerprint is different. God knows the billions and billions of us. And he has a will that's just right for you. Might not be right for me. What's right for you? But it's right for you in the eyes of God. But we need to be. It's important. So the clay needs to be at the center. So you and I need to find ourselves at the center of the will of God. Because it's good for us. It's good for you. And it's good for me. It's like in Bruce Almighty. The film Bruce Almighty. When he appears before God. Bruce as I say. It's good. It's, his will is good for you. And it's good for me. So we need to be at the centre. We need to find ourselves at the centre of the wheel. We'll be at the centre of his will. Second thing about the wheel then is this. The rotations of the wheel are the master's activity in our life. You know, the, 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 the wheel goes round. In the ancient East, they used to have to work that with a pulley system with their foot. That's why they were so great craftsmen. Didn't do it by electricity. They did something with the foot. A pulley system as well as... Um, you know, moulding the clay. It was incredibly skilled uh, uh, craftsmanship. And, um, and so as the wheel moves, uh, God is on the move. That's what I want to say to you. God is always on the move. He's a living God. God is a living God. He's not an idol. It's not something made of, of clay or, not clay, or, or, or iron or brass or, or, or something to... He's a living God, a living, breathing personality. And God's interactions with you and I are not static, they're active. There's a relationship, active relationship. And so his dealings with you and I are active, not static. It doesn't say we become a Christian and then that's it. There's no more activity. There's no action. There's no interaction. There's no movement of God in our hearts and lives. God is hands-on, just like the master craftsman moulds the clay. God seeks to mould us, to work with us, to work in our lives and in our hearts by the power in the New Testament, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so his dealings with you and me are active, not static. And I would say, are you active or are you static? Are you growing? Are you changing? Are we growing in God? Are we growing as a Christian? Or have we become static? You see, when you mould the clay, it's changed. It's moulded to become something beautiful. What is a lump? I may have upset a few people when I said, you and I are a splodge of clay on the face of the universe. But that's what I am. But I'm moulded into something amazing. And so are you. You are you and I'm me. That's why I don't want to compare myself to other people. Because God's moulding me. That's a hard thing, isn't it? We live in a world of comparison. Everyone looking about what everyone else is doing. I'm not doing that. Oh, they're doing better than me. But you are you. If we can get that, and God is amazing and wants to mould you in the most beautiful and wonderful way. If you get that, I tell you what, it's so liberating. It's so incredible. It will deal with a lot of anxiety uh, in our hearts and lives. And so, God is active. He's an interactive and active God. And so... There should be something of a reality. Christianity, just as real today as it was when I first made a commitment 35 
How about that? I made a commitment 35 years ago. I've been a Christian 35 years. And so my interactions, and my interactions with God are times when I'm very static. But the Holy Spirit's speaking to me about being moulded again. This is why I'm speaking on this subject, because God's talking to my heart. And so it comes out of the overflow of what God's saying to me. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, God wants to work and mould us. We should never settle down. But God looks to change my attitude, our hearts, our thinking, our feeling. It's dangerous if we get stuck. It's dangerous. If we should, that's it now. It's very dangerous. And so, the rotation. Now, I would say this. Third thing is this. So, God is active in my life. Uh, the third thing I'd say about this, about the wheel. So, you need to be at the center of the wheel, at the center of his will. Um, God is active, and so there's something about being active and real and open to being molded in my heart, my mind, my emotions. And if we're not, it's about being open to the Holy Spirit again. And the third thing I want to say is um, don't panic if you get into a spin. You know, when the wheel's going round, as it were. Um, you know, when the clay is molded, it changes from a splodge. You, 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 if you watch uh, a, a potter, uh, you go on YouTube and you look at some of the, the amazing um, clay pots being made. It's, it's incredible to see a pot being formed in front of your very eyes. It changes and the potter applies pressure and water and on the outside and on the inside. And, you know, in our lives, God puts his hand upon us on the outside. There's circumstance. Sometimes it's devilish activity. Sometimes it's my own stupidity, my own activity. And sometimes there's God activity. And to pray away God activity, even if it's a bit of pressure on your life. Sometimes God brings a certain degree of pressure to my life, not to harm me, because his plan is to prosper, to give me hope, and to give me a future. That's the plan of God. So sometimes, not always, but there are times when there comes a certain pressure on my life. And I've looked back and I thought, do you know what, Lord? I realize you were molding my attitude. Because I was getting so wound up about such and such. Do you know what? Thank you. In hindsight, it's a great thing, isn't it? And so, um, you know, when change comes, it's a challenge, isn't it? Any change to life. Whether you're going through the change. And that comes to us all. By default. Or design. But change, um, change does challenge, doesn't it? And that challenge, we can feel as if, my, you know, my, I'm spinning. My head is spinning. I, I've said it myself. I'm spinning. You know, I'm upset about it. And it's not wrong to be upset, by the way. And it's not wrong to be in a tiz or a spin. But in the midst of that, I, I, I do panic. I've got to admit, I do panic. But I've... I just feel God speaking to me afresh. The Holy Spirit is saying afresh, you know, don't panic if you're in a spin. Let the potter, let God mold you and me. Creator, I'm the creation. Mold my life. Help me with my attitude. Help me with my heart. Help me in my body right now. I can't cope with this. My life seems to be falling apart. I seem to be in a spin. See, the good news is this. You know, you see a potter with a clay pot and it all goes into a bit of a splodger. It goes wonky. The potter puts it back and then reforms it again. And that's good news. 
You know, if it goes into a spin, if we go into a spin, God can still, if we allow him, the master can reform and form us and mold us and remold our lives into something wonderful. He can, because he's God. And that's the picture that there is. Pressure from out and pressure within. But God wants to mold us. Okay, with this we're going to conclude. Um, three simple things then. So, look, three things about staying on the wheel. Three simple things then about how you and I... So it's important to stay at the centre of the will. And if we're going to stay on the wheel and we're going to stay in, on the, in the centre of his will, how are we going to do that? So three simple things that you can do to do that. We looked at three things about the wheel and how important it is to stay at the centre of the will of God. Now I'm going to look at three simple things that you and I can do so that we stay and put ourselves in the place to be in the will of God, the plan of God. Another word could be in God's plans for your life and my life. And what's right for you might not be right for me. But isn't that great that you can know the plan of God for your life? Number one, seek wisdom. It's so important to understand what's going on. I don't know about you, but in my life, sometimes when, you know, just because something bad's going on, appears bad, I'm in a spin, doesn't necessarily mean that God's left you. God's left you out. You know, you've done something wrong and God hates you. His will and plan is good. His purpose is one to prosper and a future of hope and a plan for you and me. So, come on. So, I need wisdom on this. I need to know what's going on, Lord. Show me this. And so, it's so important to seek, number one, it, it, to ask for wisdom. It's so important. You know, um, looking um, in, in the Old Testament and uh, in the New Testament, so seek wisdom. Um, we we read, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That's Ephesians 5. So Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. Paul writes to the Ephesian church, look, um, understand the will of God. How do we understand the will of God? By being wise. Having wisdom. So important to have wisdom. It says, he says there, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. So wisdom helps us understand the will of God. What's going on? I don't know about you, but sometimes I hear lots of people say, what's going on in the world today? What's happening in your life or my life and that's not wrong to ask, but God can show us, and it's through his wisdom. And so Paul says to the Ephesian uh, believers, seek you know, the will of God. In classic James chapter 1, verse 5, James says this about wisdom. So Paul says, with wisdom, we'll know the will of God, okay? So it's important, if we're going to stay at the center of the will, to be wise and say to God. So James 1, verse 5, the reason why I'm quoting a number of scriptures and verses from the Bible, because you can trust the Bible. You can't trust maybe what I might say, or sometimes, some, all the time. But you can trust the Old and New Testament, the Bible, the Word of God, okay? And in James 1 verse 5, we read this. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given. How about that? If you lack, feel that you lack wisdom, ask God, and then this is what will happen. He will give you generously without finding fault. He might say, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, we should have asked me last week, you idiot, Adrian. He won't, do, he won't find fault. God delights when we seek his wisdom. 
Because why? We'll be in his will. We'll understand. This is so important for life. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's incredible. When I discover this, and so all the time I'm saying, show me what's going on, Lord. How do I stay in your plan? Give me wisdom. If anyone lacks, then ask God who gives generously, and he will give it to you generously without finding fault. That's for all of us. Isn't that amazing? So his understanding, wisdom means it will show you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, the right time to do it. It will reveal to you his will for your life. That's how you stay at the center of the world. Second thing that we can do, number one is to trust him. There's three things. Now, second thing is, um, first of all, number one is to seek him. Second thing is to trust him. Uh, The second thing is to trust him. And this is what we've been hearing this morning. Um, uh, There's something about giving my life into God's hands. And you know when life, we're in a spin, and we don't know which way to turn, and we ask for all sorts of advice, there's something really powerful about saying, God, take my life. Jesus did this. He said, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. I give you my life. And Jesus leads us. He leads the way of trust. Uh, Without trust, life, we won't function. Society won't function without trust. And so it's so incredibly important to trust God and give ourselves completely to him. Um, To trust, we read in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, Old Testament again, uh, about trust. So important. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. How about this? Trust in God with all your heart. And don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do you want to have a life that's in the will of God? Then trust him and don't lean on my own understanding. Philippians chapter 1, in the New Testament. One in the Old, coming in the New now, because you say he's just quoting from the Old Testament. Look at this. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Paul says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is confident that what God starts, he will complete. So when we trust God, what he starts in my life, he'll complete in your life. Maybe if you're going through a very difficult circumstance right now, if you trust yourself to God, if he starts to do something in your life, he will bring it to completion. For me, this has been a lifeline. When I think about God speaking into my life, um, you know, bringing our family uh, from Newcastle to Long Eaton and the things that I thought he would start, this has been a major lifeline to me when people have said it'll never happen. You're not right. You're not the right one. You can't do. This ain't right. The lifeline has been trusting in God because what he starts, he completes. I tell you what, you, as, as Job said, the things that God's will is irresistible. If I put myself in the will of God, it's irresistible. His love is irresistible. We sing a song, your love is relentless. What God starts, he completes. How about that for your marriage, your home, your family, our church, our lives? But the key is trusting him. So seek wisdom, trust in him. Finally, persevere. Persevere. There's a lot today about resilience. There's a lot of resilience training in schools today. It's a word that you'll hear more and more about. you hear it in the news, about having a more resilient society. Not, not just giving up and giving in 
and being able to take the knocks and the bumps of life and get back up again. Dust yourself down and have a go again. Um, and perseverance is resilience, okay? There's nothing new under the sun. It's amazing. And there's a lot of training uh, and a lot of in the curriculum uh, from a very young age, building resilience into young lives so that we grow up into adults who, who, who can persevere. But perseverance is so incredibly strong. An interesting survey was taken of successful entrepreneurs, people that started up companies and then went on to you know, to have, be successful business owners. And they, 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 they asked them, and a number of them said this, you know, I continued, so I was the only one left standing. All the other competition disappeared. There's something powerful about resilience. There's something powerful about persistence. There's something really powerful. Um, that sometimes we're not better than anyone else. We're just still around. We're still here. And um, it's, it's really interesting because... In the short time I've lived in Long Eaton, you know, our conservation officer, our planning officers have come and gone. And I'm, I'm still standing. It's amazing. Perseverance, resilience is a powerful thing in God for your life, your home, standing in God. It's hard when you're knocked, isn't it? It's hard when your head's in a spin. But trusting in the Lord, not leaning on my own understanding, what he starts, he will perform. You see, we need to have, seek wisdom Trust in him and then perseverance. And uh, Hebrews 10, verse 36. I want to conclude with this verse now. Hebrews 10, verse 36 is about perseverance. Listen to this. The writer says, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. How about that? Still standing to receive the promise. I I love that verse because I think, Oh, Lord, there's still more of the promise that I want to receive. There's still more of the promise here in Long Eaton that I'm yet to receive that you set into my life and the life of our church. You need to persevere, says the writer in Hebrews, so that when you have done the will of God, and that's the key, staying in the will, not doing your own thing, not falling off the edge, but when you've done the will of God, you're at the center of his plan, his plan for you, you will receive what he has promised And his plan is good and perfect to prosper, to give you hope and a future. You'll receive that. How about that? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Rather than fretting over it, listening to all the gloom and doom of others, but knowing that God is good. The good news, as I said, is this, that when things go wrong on the potter's wheel, the potter remolds the clay to make it into something beautiful. We're always made into something amazing when we're in the hands of an almighty God. So what's the key? Stay on the wheel and we stay in his will. The key? Stay on the wheel and we'll stay in his will. Let's pray together. Bless you. The worship team will come back. That'll be great. And we're going to just conclude as we uh, conclude in worship in a moment or two. But... I want to just say, this morning, it might be easier said than done for you, staying in the will. You you could say, Adrian, you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know the knocks I'm taking. You don't know I'm in a spin. You don't know. Uh, You're right, maybe I don't. But I want to say to you that God has a plan for your life. God truly has a plan if you will submit to it. If you will put your life into his hands and let him mold you, it's a plan to prosper you, not to harm and to have hope and a future. How about that? And that's not pie in the sky. That's the word of God. That's the word of God for you and me this morning. Because he's the creator. 
and I am the creation. Whether you believe that or not, I believe that God has a will for you. Even if you disbelieve him, he's your creator and he has a will to prosper you. And our call is this morning to stay on the wheel, stay in the will and give our lives to him afresh. Heavenly Father, this morning we do that right now. We open up our hearts to you. And I would just say this morning, as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, even if you've got questions, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to question God. It's not wrong. But in your questions, open your heart. I think God gives without fault finding. If you're not sure, you don't understand, you don't know everything about God, you're finding it hard to believe certain things. It says he gives wisdom without fault. Isn't that beautiful? So if you've got questions, it's quite all right. It doesn't put him off because he's God and he'll give to you without finding fault. And so, Father, this morning we open our hearts and say, reveal to each person, each one of us, your will and your way. Even if I have questions, my mind is clouded through hurt, reveal your will for each person and family here this morning. Not sure what's going on. My head's spinning. Reveal your will in my life. You're a master craftsman. You're a God who is good. God of love. You're not heavy-handed. When the master craftsman, the master potter, puts his hand to the clay, it's with delight because he can see something beautiful is going to be formed. And so when you put your pressure on my life, it's a pressure that is masterful. And so I pray, be masterful in my marriage. Be masterful in my body. Be masterful in my emotions. Be masterful in my life. Be masterful in our church. Be masterful in our relationships. Be masterful in my children's lives. Oh, Father God, we pray. Be masterful in our town. Be masterful in our nation. Apply your hand to us now, Father God. You are the master, the creator of the universe. You do all things well. You're a wonderful, wonder-working God. It's not pie in the sky. It's according to your will. You make something out of nothing. A splodge of clay is turned into a beautiful pot. Do beautiful, amazing things in the lives of people that are here today. Come and do miracles, even if I disbelieve. You are not limited by my disbelief, oh God. You can do all things. You do all things well. So come in our hearts and lives and come in this place. Come in our town. Come and have your way. Do wonders in the heavens. Do wonders on the earth below. Masterful God. Wonder-working God. Work in our hearts and lives, we pray. And let miracles be released. I pray, Father, let miracles be released in this place right now. But don't contain them here. Released on our streets. Released in our town. Released in lives. Released with people away on holiday. Released when people listen to these words on the internet. Father God. Wonderful. Wonderful creator. Let's welcome him and worship him as we stand together and we close this morning. God bless you. And as we welcome him and we worship him, we welcome him. And we let him have his way in our hearts and lives. Should we stand together as we just sing our last song? But as we do, it's not just singing a song to just finish the morning. Let's use the singing of this next worship song as a way of just 
giving our hearts to him afresh and for him to have his way. In the name of Jesus, we pray.